It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Morning, Jody. Oh, it's Mike Smith's back. <laughs> used yes. to talking to Jody Vance oh, for the last couple weeks. Poor you. <laughs> you got me instead. Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. Let's start with um, the current situation with uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry, the COVID restrictions in British Columbia. I had an interesting discussion this morning with Aaron O'Toole, the federal conservative leader, who is concerned about locked lockdown measures, restrictions. He says we should be working to lift these, not not expand them. It's interesting what you see going on in Quebec. He was critical of the curfew that's mm-hmm. been brought in in the province of Quebec. Meanwhile, in, in a, British Columbia has always had a sort of its own approach, though, right? We, we don't have lockdowns. We, we've never we've never had a curfew. No. Uh, we don't generally lock down nearly as much as Ontario and, and Quebec have done through this pandemic. You recall back way back when Toronto had zones within Toronto. There was different zones of, of lockdowns. Uh, we BC's taken a different approach. For better or worse, we just haven't had the, the same. We've kept schools open when other jurisdictions have closed them. We've kept restaurants open when other jurisdictions have closed them. Right now in Ontario, they've closed restaurants for the longest period of time. Restaurants are closed there. Schools are closed. Yeah, for the longest period of time, you the only place you could uh, get an in-person meal uh, in Canada, west of, uh, west of the Maritimes, was in B.C., uh, so again, we've never t- taken that approach again for better or worse. But I think right now, uh, on a per capita and even a gross basis, the number of cases in BC is lower than the other uh, Ontario and Quebec. The number of people in hospital is lower than Ontario and Quebec. The deaths are lower than Ontario and Quebec. The ICU numbers are lower than Quebec and Ontario. Whether that holds remains to be seen. But so far, the non-lockdown approach seems to be working. Okay, she, Bonnie Henry, commented on this on Friday and talked about her approach, generally speaking, to the the pandemic. Here's what she had to say. I'll get your thoughts. As we've done since the beginning of the pandemic, almost two years ago, our goal is to mitigate the impact of this virus, to make sure we're doing our best to stop sickness and death, to make sure we're supporting our health care system so everybody can get the care they need, and to minimize the negative impacts of everything that we're doing on society. So she sort of touched on that there, that they're trying to stop death and illness, but at the same time resisting lockdowns and she yeah. she said the other day i'm not in the business of making public orders well she, well, she wants to get out of the business yeah. uh, she said sort of half joking so again this has been this was outlined at the very beginning of the pandemic and people sometimes forget this it was a recognition you cannot eliminate covid-19 you just can't make it down to zero it's unrealistic it's it's uh, not going to happen you have to learn to accept that it's going to exist but then you mitigate uh, its impact which means uh, reducing as much as you can the severity of illness and deaths, and largely BC has been successful on that. You also try to prevent, and this is where there's uh, some apprehension: the overwhelming, let, allowing it to overwhelm the healthcare system, both in terms of putting too many people in hospitals so there's not enough bed space, but also overwhelming front care, uh, frontline healthcare workers uh, with uh, with an explosion of cases, which also displace other healthcare services. Which means you, we're already seeing that surgeries are being rescheduled and canceled, and that number is growing as the number of uh, COVID nineteen patients uh, across the system. And the third one, and this is, goes back to the, the the no lockdown approach. 
minimal disruption to normal society uh, operations, and that's largely tied to uh, mental health. Right. That's why you see schools open, you see restaurants open, you see shopping malls open. Okay. Bonnie Henry's approach to it, I think, has been largely supported in the public, but some evidence that support is waning or degrading a little bit. Uh, Headline in the Vancouver Sun, popularity plummets for Dr. Bonnie Henry, according to a new poll. So this poll commissioned by Post Media for Leger Polling Company says her personal popularity or personal approval rating is down to 62%. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think the Leger spokesperson, uh, she pointed out that considering that these two people, Dr. Bonnie Henry and Minister a- Adrian Dix, on an almost daily basis come out with bad news every day. It's hardly ever any good news. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen a health minister come out and regularly announce uh, canceling surgeries. Uh, and the still, to be at 62% is, I think, still... Uh, um, so you think 62% is a good rating? Any politician would take a 62% rating. Well, she's in, not a politician, though. No, but Adrian Dix is. He's also in that poll. So, no. uh, I mean, there's there's uh, majority support. If they dip below 50, that's... that's a, I actually thought it'd be a little lower than that, c- considering what the the frustration and anxiety out there right now exists, particularly on the eve of schools reopening. But she gets it from both sides. Like she'll, she'll, people will criticize her for going too far, mm-hmm. you know, shutting down, shutting enough. down gyms, for example. And then other people will say, you're not going far enough. You should shut schools down or whatever. Oh yeah. And that's been like that since the beginning. So it's, uh, it's still, I, I think it's reflective also when you got 90% of the population double vaccinated, you, you got people buying into the vaccination program. And as long as that continues, and that's going to—that's a statistic that's not going to go away for a long time. And that means support for public health. Okay, as a patchwork of rules across the country, when you look across Canada, so in Quebec, for example, now if you want to buy booze or pot, you must show proof of vaccination. <laughs> so their vaccine passport has now been extended to provincial liquor stores and provincial mm-hmm. cannabis stores. And have a listen to this now. This is the Quebec Health Minister Christian Dubé saying that this is just the start. They could expand this. Have a listen to this. I'm going to be very clear. It's only a start. The only reason we applied this one only is because that's the one we control. Those are two, uh, those are two uh, society that we control. And uh, we're sending a clear message. Uh, this will not be the last two. The message I'm sending to uh, non-vaccinated people, if you don't get vaccinated... Stay home. Your thoughts? Yeah, I've got a, a column out today, uh, this week, in Glacier Media, speculating that we're going to see the screws starting to get tightened on unvaccinated people. Um, I'm not sure we're going to follow Quebec's lead. I know, though, that it didn't take long for first doses to quadruple in number in Quebec. As soon as uh, Dublau made that announcement about uh, liquor and cannabis, uh, suddenly it went from 1,500 doses a day to 6,000 doses a day of people unvaccinated. We've got about 300 and 65,000 people in BC who are unvaccinated, not a single dose spread around the the province. There's 55,000 people in Surrey who have yet to get vaccinated. Will we see measures that further impair their ability to participate in society? I think we will. And by the way, that was sort of the stated goal of what Quebec was doing there with that passport restrictions for Mm -hmm. cannabis and liquor. We're saying like, we're not saying that there's, we've seen evidence of widespread transmission of the of the virus in liquor stores. No. But what we want to do is motivate people 
to get vaccinated. Just so like if we, you want to buy booze and pot in Quebec, you better be vaccinated. It seems to be working. Yep. And, and just like uh, we don't see evidence of widespread transmission of restaurants in, in BC, but yet you need a vaccine passport to get into a restaurant. I don't think we're going to do this on cannabis. I talked to some government officials over the weekend who point out BC's underground cannabis uh, situation is far different than Quebec. It's much more entrenched. In what about BC. liquor stores, though? Liquor stores would be that's an, again the government has control over government liquor stores. I think that's certainly more uh, a potential than the cannabis stores. Are you following the Novak Djokovic oh, yeah. situation? Okay, so this is the you know the greatest tennis player ever. Most people would say, and it's it's a bizarre story. So they they allowed the guy into Australia. Like they they first said. The organizers of the Australian Open tennis tournament said you can play mm-hmm. because you had COVID before. Yeah. So we're going to give you a medical exemption to play. But and then, then but then the immigration officials, when he showed up, locked him up. Yep. Now he just won in court and he's been released from the the hotel, the hotel. where he was hotel re- hell. But he still might be deported oh, from Australia. Yeah, this isn't this isn't over. The uh, Australian immigration minister says he still has a few cards to play here. Uh, the Australian government's position, I think, is very popular in Australia, where they've got more than 90% of the population double-dosed, and Djokovic has his supporters, but I think they're a tiny minority in that, that country, which has pretty significant lockdowns in Australia, far the, more than exceed Canada. So when someone is seen as sort of breaking the rules or getting an exemption, it doesn't go over well with the rest of the population. So this this isn't over yet. Okay, right now he's been released from his quarantine hotel he's in practicing. Australia. He's practicing for the Australian Open, but it's still unclear. Maybe he'll still be kicked out. Now, when he was released from that hotel, Keith, there were spontaneous uh, demonstrations in the streets in, uh, in Australia and also clashes with police. Have a listen to this report from Nine News Melbourne. See the crowd still on the street here behind me. They've dispersed and scattered a little bit though with police with flashing lights on scene because this is why. This video was taken about 15 to 20 minutes ago. Police pepper spray. Novax fans here as they were following a car down the road that had exited the lawyer's offices. I was walking along the street. People were on the ground in tears after being pepper sprayed. It turned violent very, very quickly. Okay, so these Novak Djokovic's fans in Australia getting uh, pepper sprayed. Yeah, again, Pops. it's uh, it's a incendiary situation there. But again, I think uh, I think the government senses the public's on their side, on its side, rather than Djokovic. Should he be side. allowed to play in the Australian Open? I don't know. I mean, it's up to you know. I'm I'm not sure. Again, the public sentiment is to allow exemptions, especially for extremely rich. Super- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. For stars. 
Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 on your cell. Ed in Victoria. Hi, Ed. Hi, Mike. Hi, Keith. Hi, I find almost reprehensible that people seem to think Bonnie Henry's got to have an exact answer that has to stay the same for weeks or months on end. Mm-hmm. It's a big target. This whole COVID-19, Bonnie Henry has to change what she's suggesting we should do on a daily or weekly basis. It's not an exact science. It, it yeah. changes. And it really upsets me that people seem to hold her to the, oh, she said this two weeks ago. So what? You know, she's doing, she's looking out for the health of all British Columbians, and it's going to change. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point, Ed. I mean, science changes. Science evolves, and everything's based on science. If you recall at the beginning, masks were not seen as particularly helpful. In fact, they were seen by, by a number of scientists as uh, doing more harm than good. And Bonnie Henry was critical yeah. of masks. At and this that's evolved. Now masks yeah. are, are, a, are sort of an underpinning part of the strategy. So science evolves. Uh, uh, restaurants open, they close. They open, they close in some jurisdictions. We, we closed restaurants for a long time, but then we opened them again. Schools remain open and will continue to remain open because a big component of this, and it's been an ongoing part of BC, well, most public health strategy, is the mental health, particularly of young people. And it's all about risk-benefit uh, analysis here. There's, again, recognition that COVID-19 is here probably to stay for a while. And you take measures to combat it and, and to minimize its disruption. But that includes keeping schools open. And the caller is right that she has changed her position, in some cases quite dramatically, over yep. time. Like she was opposed to vaccine passports, for example, yep. at the beginning, and then said, well, things have changed, now we've got to bring them in. So, yep. And that's why, again, I've been saying since day one, you and I have been on this program for a couple of years now, Nothing is ever etched in stone. Nothing is ever taken off the table. So, again, uh, we could be going down Quebec's path in terms of vaccine passports and liquor stores, or maybe we don't. We don't know. Ray and Langley. Hi, Ray. Yeah, back to the Australian deal. I don't think anybody should be treated especially different one way or the other. But at the same time, considering the vaccine has been such a disastrous failure, what difference does it make? Well, I think the vaccine has been a tremendous uh, success. It's, it's minimized the number of people who have died from COVID-19. If we had no vaccines, the number of people uh, who would die from this virus would be astronomically larger than the number of people who have died. So it's not just about getting infected from COVID-19. It's, again, going into ICU uh, and dying from COVID-19. Well, you often hear people say, well, the vaccines have been ineffective because... You know, look at look at the hospitals. Like fifty percent of the people in hospital are fully vaccinated. Well, you got to remember though, that it's only you know fifty percent of the fifty percent are unvaccinated, but the unvaccinated are only around what ten percent of the population. Yeah, so ten percent so, of the population is sixty percent of the hospitalizations, seventy percent of the hospitalizations, seventy to eighty percent of the ICUs. And again, most from ten percent of the population, ten percent of the population, and that's right. the concern: is this ten percent now is starting to pose a bigger threat to the healthcare system than ever before, and that's why you're going to see more vaccine yeah. mandates. Adam and Quinnell, hey Adam. Uh, two points. Uh, first, regarding hospitalizations, if you look at Ontario, which is arguably a couple weeks out from us in terms of the Omicron wave. Today, they're reporting uh, uh, that uh, less than three quarter, less than a quarter of people in hospital are unvaccinated, 457 to fully vaccinated being 1,353. 
Uh, and if you include partially vaccinated, over three-quarters of hospitalizations are amongst the vaccinated. ICUs, less than half now, are unvaccinated, and the trend is going in the wrong direction. Regarding the vaccine effectiveness, there is a report out from the University of Toronto and University of Ontario which says, quote, two vaccine doses was not protective against Omicron at any point in time, and vaccine effectiveness was negative 38% after the second dose. However, vaccine effectiveness against Omicron was 37% seven days after a third COVID-19 vaccine. Okay, let me get Keith's, let me get Keith's thoughts on that. It's running out of time. Yeah, so that's not peer-reviewed. But again, the, the numbers are changing, the science is changing. The overwhelming evidence is that if you're fully vaccinated, you are far more protected against severe outcomes of this illness than if you're unvaccinated. And you can quote all the numbers you want. That doesn't change. James and Langley, you got 30 seconds. Okay, James, go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I'm double vaxxed, by the way, and I just, it's really, uh, frustrating to see kind of the direction of everything going. I think that these, uh, mandates that they have in Quebec can now extrapolate into grocery stores and everything, and it's kind of concerning that this could be the, uh, future of our nation. No. Thanks for the call. We're not, I don't think we'll ever see vaccine mandates for grocery stores. Food, you're not going to uh, cut off a food supply to the Quebec, the Quebec people. minister said shopping malls the other day. Shop, Maybe. That's, not, that's not food, though. That's clothing. So, again, essential services will be protected for unvaccinated people. I don't think we're going to go to deny unvaccinated people health care or food supply. We shouldn't go there, and I don't think we're going there.